When we moved here, Keely was five years old. And she and her brother Colin were always running around here with our boys, Jackson and Bennett, and all those kids. And I love when they go away and they come back. Thank you, Keely, for letting me accompany you today. I am an optimist. Now, sometimes that's a willful decision. You just have to choose, in spite of evidence to the contrary, you just have to choose to be an optimist. One mentor said, it is sin to despair. And optimism, I think, is like marriage and faith. You don't just fall into it. You choose every single day. I do again today. I believe again today. I will hope again today. I'm an optimist about humanity. Now, if you need evidence, I'll let you borrow my copy of Steven Pinker's book, The Better, Better Angels of Our Nature, Why Violence Has Declined. You might need to read that after hearing some of the uh, news each day. I'm an optimist about this country. Democracy is hanging by a thread. Our foolish culture war is an existential threat to us. The backward-looking versus those with a vision for what actual progress looks like. Scripture says the Spirit will lead us into all truth. We're not there. The road of progress is long like that moral arc, but we are bending toward justice. I believe. I choose to believe. And I'm an optimist about the church. Yes, I said the church. Despite the statistics, the empty pews, not here, everywhere else, everywhere before the pandemic, you know, the for sale signs in churchyards all across the country. For the first time since the Gallup polling organization started asking the question in 1937, more than half of the nation claims no religious participation at all. But I am an optimist. I wanted to tell you that before I say that the church is in real trouble. During the War of 1812, Commodore Oliver Hazard Perry reported, we have met the enemy and they are ours. Later popularized by Walt Kelly in his comic strip when his character Pogo said, we have met the enemy and he is us. This truth has been recognized many times it's true again today. The church is in trouble. We need not worry about secularism or socialism, my favorite, you know, bogeyman. We need not worry about agnosticism or atheism. We need not worry about Sunday soccer matches, even pandemic prolapse. The church is under no real threat from any outside influence. We are our own worst enemy. As James Howell noted in The Observer a couple years ago, you read part of this quotation as our prayer of confession, where there is controversy, all the talk is about rights and crushing our foes and blaming everyone else, and many Christians stampede, forgetting who we are. We have failed to talk about love, and we have not even loved ourselves. Could there be a worse criticism of the church, a more harmful self-inflicted wound by the church? 
We have failed to talk about love. We haven't even loved ourselves. If the church does not speak the language of love, if Christians do not show love, what good are we to the world? It's not that the church that cannot show love isn't good for the world. This criticism crosses from good to neutral into negative territory. A church without love is harmful in the world, bad for the world. It deserves its own self-destruction, any church that cannot show love. We have met the enemy And it is our own hard-hearted inability to show love. In surveys, conservative Christians are more willing to support torture and capital punishment than non-religious folk. Anti-gay and anti-Muslim and anti-immigrant rhetoric have a ready home in evangelical pulpits Racist attitudes are tied to the disturbing Christian nationalism on display today. Christian support for law and order drowns out any call to love our enemies. Some Christians loudly cheer for bloated military budgets and the destruction of programs for education and the poor. Pastors make headlines for supporting walls, not offering welcome for brandishing guns, not offering grace. And friends, I'm not talking politics here. The depth of our issue is far deeper than partisanship. I'm talking about pervasive attitudes that are much more corrosive than local policies or national laws. Words matter. Your words Politicians' words, words matter. How you talk about people matters. The tone and example set with words and witness have more influence on a culture than bills passed by any Congress. Jesus calls his followers to be pervasive influences, salt and light in the world, consistent voices, sometimes loud, sometimes subtle, but voices that speak God's love into reality. How will the world know the love of God? Well, policies do matter, and budgets are moral documents, and laws will reflect the people's character, but the love of God has to be shown and known before any city council or Congress can vote. Is the Christian church known in our culture today by the love it is showing? Is that what you hear? Is that what you see on TV? Some of the harshest voices, the most hateful words, the least welcoming positions, the most defensive attitudes, the saddest, most hypocritical presentations we hear, Some of those are from people representing the Christian church. And you need to understand, if you're not aware of this, most Americans have no idea that Jerry Falwell Jr. or Franklin Graham or some snake-handling preacher up in the mountains or that God-hates-gays pastor from the Westbrook Baptist Church, some people have no idea they have anything different from me. 
We're all, by association, the same thing. Christians are all the same. But I told you I was an optimist. I am. I believe in the church. I believe in this church. This is not the end. Now, I do think the church will continue to decline, which is probably not a bad thing. This pandemic is only accelerating a course that began several decades ago. That trajectory, propelled now by the ugly proclamations of some of the most prominent voices, may bring the church in the United States to its knees. But that's exactly where we ought to be, isn't it? On our knees, depending on something much bigger and greater than our own understanding, our own strength, our own confidence. The church may have to feel like it's about to hit rock bottom before we remember what we are supposed to be about. The love of God. The way of Jesus. Not institutional strength, big buildings and popular programs and lots of people. Not political allegiance, partisan identification. Not doctrinal purity but the love of God and the way of Jesus. As we begin the end of this pandemic chapter for this nation, we have a chance to rethink church. We are not going back to the way it was before, and we should not want to do so. Now, you can face that fact with fear and pessimism or you can recognize the incredible opportunity that we are being given to rethink our calling right here. The mission and message of this community of faith, we're giving a chance to rethink that from the ground up. Who are we? Who are we? What's really important here? What do you need from the church for yourself? What do we want for the church for our children? What can we offer uniquely as church to the broader community? Park Road Baptist will live to see a new day. What will we look like when we emerge? And how will we speak? How loudly, how strongly will we speak to counter the voices of hate and division that are often so loud. Historically, you go back to the very beginning, the church was born out of a new vision. It was community born of love, sacrificial love, the beautiful self-giving love of Jesus. One community in ancient Ephesus which grew up around the charisma of the person known as the beloved disciple, learned a communal wisdom. They learned love together. Beloved, let us love one another. It's the only way. As we get to rethink and rebuild and relearn church, there is only one way that we will survive. There's only one reason we should survive. There's only one reason the world needs us to survive, 
And that is to pass on what we learn together about the love of God and the way of Jesus. Some people are afraid the church will not survive this pandemic. But I am an optimist. This pain may be exactly what we need to learn love together. May it be so. Amen.